Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Faith Church Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jay Williams, and joining me today is Jeff Clossy. Hey, Jay. How's it going? It's going well. How are you? Great. All right, Jeff, I'm on a mission today. Yes. I am going to prove once and for all, finally, that the tomfoolery and the ballyhoo that was discussed in last week's podcast is due to Robbie. Okay. And not me. Oh. So there's there's a debate there. Like people say, well, you guys waste a lot of time at the beginning, and that often gets put on me. But I, it's not it's not me, Jeff. Okay. So we're gonna I'm gonna prove it right now. All right, let's do it. We're gonna start right away. That's what we're gonna do. <laughs> we're not no nonsense, no wasting time. We're gonna prove that it was Robbie. Okay. Yep. Robbie, I hope you're listening right now. I hope he is too, because you know then he'll say, ah, oh, he got yeah. me. Yep. Yeah, because he kind of he kind of goads me. He's been clever with making yeah. it look like it's been you, right? Like he'll kind of bait <laughs> me with a something he'll say. It'll often happen off mic, and then all of a sudden, there I am talking about squirrels or, um, I forget cats, all the different things: cats, bats, and the, <laughs> I mean all the all the things, and it's it's him just getting me riled up about that. Uh huh. Yeah, he's like that. He has just a, love him. Yeah. Yeah, he's 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 a little bit like you you are not. We tried to blame you once for that, but you are <laughs> like, like nope. You're like no nonsense. So you're not even you're not even taking my bait right now. No. No, I'm not. You're ready to go. Okay. Fine. So the Holy let's Spirit. Go. The Holy Spirit. Yeah, let's go. Acts two. I am well, first just a little prelude to the sermon. I just love that we're going through Acts and love that this is the year we are focusing on mission. It just I love it. And I really enjoyed the intro of this last week. I'm curious. I wish I could see people as we're talking right now, but I'd love to know how many people thought Pentecost was when you said it was. Do you remember the day, like June? June 5th. Yeah. That was so fantastic just to think about the holidays that we know about and that are kind of reflexive for us. Like we know generally when they are. And then we get to this really important moment in the history of God's people and it's just not something that we remember. And no. I, I I don't know. I like that. You didn't make it like that's what we have to do every year is remember that. But it is a big deal. This is a significant moment in the history of the church. I think it's just awareness of it. And just the fact that we, there's a reason why, especially in our tradition, like in the more Baptistic tradition, there has been a little bit of kind of nervousness about the Holy Spirit. And certainly even the word Pentecost has kind of been co-opted by, you know, a branch of Christianity. And and so that that can make everything a little uncomfortable. But the reality, like get rid of all the human brokenness around it. The reality is like that that marks the time where the Holy Spirit now dwells and makes his home in the hearts of believers. And now that forms us into the body of Christ. Like we actually become supernaturally the body of Christ. And yeah, how do we... <laughs> Why, why is that not like, why would we ever minimize that in any way? And, and I was, like I said, I was guilty too. If you would have asked me off the top of my head before I Googled it, when, when is Pentecost, I would have said after Easter, I, like, <laughs> that guy, I know that. I don't know. I wouldn't have been able to, I would not have been able to nail down. I mean, I probably would have guessed, you know, 40 days ish. Like I, I, I could have like done some math and figured it out. But it doesn't pop into my head. Like if someone says, hey, when's Easter this year? Yes. I would say, well, sometime in March or April. Like even if I can't 
I don't know when, you know, I know when Ash Wednesday would be approximately like those kinds of things. I, I, I would have spacing in my mind a little bit, but, um, but not Pentecost. And it's interesting because how related this all is to the work of Christ, right? The gospel that we are constantly preaching to ourselves and on Sunday mornings and to anyone who will hear it, this, this spirit being poured out this way is evidence of Christ's reign, right? It's, it's being poured out because of his death and his right. resurrection. And uh, we get to experience it now. A yeah. new life. Right. It's amazing. So, right. So I, I uh, preached on this and um, I know I got, pe- many people have mentioned that I got a little riled up. Uh, wonderfully riled up, I wo- think. Wonderfully riled <laughs> Well, that's good. Do you think it's wonderful? I, um, yeah, you never know, man, but I just, I just kept thinking about the transformation. So one of the things that I thought about, and I didn't really articulate this well, there's always things that afterwards you think, ah, I should have, I should have verbalized this. But one of the things that I didn't verbalize, um, and you actually pointed out when we were talking before, um, recording this, that the, the Holy Spirit falling upon them was obvious it was not and i did mention a little bit like it wasn't kind of this this feeling or this like oh do you you know do you feel a warm fuzzy feeling like i kind of do too it, it wasn't anything like that it was so obvious that non-believers outside or, or believers in god but they they would not have had a frame of reference for the holy spirit they were not expecting any of that they heard it and saw it and um and were drawn to it. And so it was obvious for everyone. It wasn't a, it wasn't a, Oh, was there something? Um, it was obvious. Yeah. You, you wouldn't have needed to be convinced that something significant happened because right. you couldn't have explained the occurrence in any other way, which it's interesting. It was really important, obviously for those around who had no idea this could happen. Yeah. That God's spirit would come. But I think even probably more important for those followers of Jesus who were really perplexed after he's gone. Now what, right? They're, they're, they're afraid they're Mm -hmm. them for them. This would have been so significant, like all that he promised. And he said that he wasn't going to leave us as orphans. He was going to send this comforter. The fact that God chose to do that in this way, to me, that had to be such an encouragement. It was just, like you said, it wasn't just a warm, fuzzy feeling. It wasn't, just a sense a nebulous sense or something mm-hmm. it, it was real manifestation that was undeniable yeah yeah and so and then that's the life that they ended up living it was undeniable in in their lives like nobody would have seen it as just like um it wouldn't have been the same as somebody who had read the the whatever their version of the self-help book was um it was transformative yeah. It wasn't just positive thinking. Right. Right. Or better self-talk or something. It was totally new kind of humanity on display that they had seen in Jesus. That's what's so amazing to me right. as we get into Acts. It's like you're seeing the things that Jesus both mo- modeled and taught lived out in real ordinary human life. It's amazing. Yeah. And some of those things do overlap with human things that you know remembering that the image of god is still on display of all creation and so some of it is, are things like kindness and gentleness which we see in a lot of human beings whether they're christians or not you can see those things but there are always 
also markers of things that cannot be explained by, you know, worldly kind of worldly means or worldly aims, I guess. Um, you know, why somebody would choose to live that way. Uh, I mean, do you think Jeff that I think one of the things when, when we hear, um, a message on Pentecost or you read about it. And certainly when I read in acts, I think, well, then why don't we see, why don't we see all those things today? I mean, why don't we, if that's true, like if it's, if it's this, um, obvious thing, like, is it still obvious today? Is it, is it just, um, and, and what are the differences around the world too? Because, there are places in the world where I'd say people would say, Oh, it's very obvious. Like those, those people like crazy things happen around those people, but here it's not as common. It seems much more subtle. It's a great question. I want to hear what you think about that. I, I asked you first. I I think so two things did, is God different now or are we, is he working differently? Right? Like (laughs) it, to me, it's very obvious that he would not be different that God would be the same, that his power would not be, you know, had dwindled and burned out since the time of the apostles and, and the book of Acts. I think that so much of our perception that things like this obvious nature, like the tongues that we we read about in Acts Mm two, I think it's our, what we're attuned to and what we're aware of. And I think when we, when we do see, I think most people listening would be able to be able to point to something in their life that they have experienced the spirit very obviously when we see those things. And when we're aware of them, that's God's mercy to us. He's, he's enabling us to see what he's doing around us. And I think one of the prayers we need to be praying is that we would, that we would be aware of his mercies every day to us. Um, that's true. I think around the world, right? If you pick up any book, missionary biography, you will see very similar manifestations are currently happening and they are regular. It's just, I think in our context, for whatever reason, we seem to experience them in different ways. Right. What do you think? Uh, I don't think it's appropriate for me to answer that on a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I wouldn't need to get in trouble. I, man, look, this is the million dollar question. I mean, all of us have, a lot of us have been overseas where we have seen things happen that we say, well, why doesn't, why isn't that happening at, at home? And I think it's a really good point of, I, I love that you started asking the question of, have we changed or has God changed? And I think, I do think some of that is, is our lack of asking. So, you know, you do not ask because you do not, or you do not have because you do not ask. Yep. And when you do ask, you ask the wrong motives. So if we're asking for healings or we're asking for the Holy Spirit to move in a powerful way, um, but we're asking for that because we just want the experience of it or whatever, then, you know, then that's a problem. Or we just don't ask because it feels weird. I think we also just don't see the things that are happening um, because we are so good at um, talking ourselves out of seeing miraculous movements and um, the skepticism and the hardness of heart is very strong in, in our culture today. Um, and the reality is that you even see, you know, you would think with what happened at Pentecost, well, why didn't everybody, I mean, 3000 believed, why not more? 
because as this passage says, some mocked. So even as they're hearing a language that they know they have no business hearing, their their um, assumption is these guys are drunk. As if, as if they ever had a frame of reference before for someone drinking too much wine and then all of a sudden being fluent in a different language. Exactly. You know, that's nonsense. That's a that's a irrational explanation. But it's amazing what our broken minds will accept as true, regardless of how irrational it is. We all like to think that we're rational human beings, and that if something, if some explanation is nonsense, then um, then we wouldn't we wouldn't accept it. You know, but we do. We believe what we want to believe in a lot in a lot of cases. And if what we want to do is to harden ourselves to the working of the Holy Spirit, then that's what's gonna happen. And especially when you talk about being in, in churches where um because we don't know how to pursue the Holy Spirit, then we just don't. You just never I mean many people have the experience of growing up in churches where they never talk about the Holy Spirit, only in very vague ways and often confused with just their own spirit, you know, and, and so they, it's, it's very minimized, you know, this whole, the, the idea of the power of the Holy Spirit. So he just takes this very fringe seat and we just like, well, we just don't know what to do with, with him. So we'll just kind of leave him over there and, and pursue what we know with our own rational minds and thinking. And obviously it's a problem. Yes. Because then the other question, if we take that position that basically these things don't happen anymore, is then you have the other problem of, well, but they do, <laughs> right? They do happen. And sane, healthy human beings experience them. Mm-hmm. And I've experienced things. You have, Jay. We could recount the things in our life that we have experienced that have no explanation outside the spirit of God's intervention. It's just amazing. Right. So... I do think I like what you said. I think you triggered in my th- in my thoughts that some of it is I think we're we're just more distracted than we realize. So it made me wonder for myself how many times I've prayed for healing for somebody, and then I totally forget that I did that. I go on with my life, right? And this person is healed, right? And I just totally don't have awareness right. because I haven't been paying attention, and I'm missing out then mm-hmm. on God's answer to that prayer. He still hears my prayer. I know right. He does, but it's me in that moment who doesn't realize it because I'm not paying attention. I'm not attuned to Mm -hmm. it. So I think if you take that example by analogy, I think there's a lot of those things in our life that are sort of like that, where we do intend and we call on God's power and his spirit. And then we just move on and we miss it. Yeah. And I think it's important to reemphasize here that the, and, and, and I did touch on this in the sermon but it's important to reemphasize that the most common evidence that the spirit was upon someone was their boldness and their um, and their wisdom. You know, so so that's when they could see is that these people are fearless, they're courageous, they're praising God in the midst of all circumstances. So I guess and, and perseverance would be another. So boldness, perseverance, and and wisdom. Um, they see it. Uh, they 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 know that um, people have been transformed by the Holy Spirit. They recognize it. it. It even we'll get to this later in Acts. It even changes their theology because it was so obvious that okay, clearly you've received the Holy Spirit. I guess I guess Gentiles are in too. They because mm-hmm. look, the Holy Spirit is with them. So who are we to who are we to not say 
um, or to say they don't belong. And I, so I think it's important to remember that, that the miraculous things that we're talking about, though they still happen, that's still not the, um, the normative, it's not the, it, it's, it's because it's it's almost like when Jesus says it's pointing to the bigger thing and the more important thing. So as big as we think a healing is, the more important thing is that you're actually indwelled by the Holy Spirit, which normally comes out in a, in a boldness and, and wisdom and joy. Um, and that's bigger and better. It's similar to when Jesus says, you know, yeah, basically I can heal you, but like I'm forgiving your sins. But so that you'll believe that I have the authority to forgive sins, I'm going to bring healing here. And um, I think that's how the Holy Spirit often then functions because look, it's the Trinity, right? Like they're not, they don't, they don't have different agendas, right? So the Holy Spirit is also functioning in a very similar way that it's, well, so that you believe that I can empower you to live in this transformed way and to become transformed in the image of Jesus, you'll see some of these miraculous things that, that could happen that are, that are temporary in nature, pointing to something that is actually eternal and um and lasting um hopefully that makes sense i don't know i just well it does it's it's the difference between like expecting the spectacle constantly right as if that were god's main intention Mm -hmm. in all this it's it's not clearly it's not otherwise he would be doing that right in that way it's something different and that boldness and the supernatural i think courage in the face of unbelievable opposition that they had at the time i mean yeah talk about a, a whole world government being set up to stop them right. during this time, but right. didn't stop them. They kept going, which is why, which is why I I hope that maybe this would bring some clarity because some people I know have have accused me of um, wanting to see everything fall apart. You know, wanting to see, and it's not the case. Like I I think there's a decent chance anyway that before the end of my life that I could be imprisoned for sharing the gospel. I think that's possible. Like, I, I don't think you follow that rabbit trail very far to say, well, if this is declared hate speech and if this is declared, you know, in, in this way. And so then there's recordings of me, you know, sharing the gospel and talk, like, so I, I would have no defense other than to say, yes, I said all of those things. Um, I, I could be, um, I could get into trouble for doing that. That is not the same thing as saying I want to do that. However, what I do know watching through history is that what what demonstrates this power, this boldness, and this um, this joy, this perseverance, this wisdom, those things are only on display in trials and hard circumstances. Because nobody has to explain the hope and the joy that they have when everything is going great. Because everyone, the, like that's part of my point, is the world would look at that and like, well, of course you're happy. Of course you're joyful. Like, you've got a great job, you've got a great house, your kids are healthy. Like, what do you have to not be joyful about? But it's when things are hard that then the world, once the all the world's offerings are stripped away, and there's still that boldness. It's it's Paul and Silas singing in the prison, not not after. It's it's not impressive that they're praising God after they're broken out of prison. I mean, that's great. They should, but it doesn't. That doesn't do anything to the jailer. It's the fact that they were praising God in the midst of being in prison. That was the testimony that then when they stay and they save the jailer's life, that he is now he is drawn to that. That's power. And that is evidence of the Holy Spirit. So I think I think that's just it's critical to realize that this is available. This is the power that we're talking about. Um, 
And so, so we just talked about like, okay, so it's obvious, but then we also, um, just before this, we were talking a little bit about, okay, well, how does this come about? And so, um, and so it's important that we understand like this is an inside out transformation, right? Like, so, you know, I talked to somebody after the sermon, um, or this week where they kind of were talking about like trying to do these big things and, and having to remind like, Hey, this is actually inside out transformation. So it's not, it's not like, okay, well, the way this goes about is like, I I have to try to live a life that looks really different. So I'm going to go sell everything I have and I'm going to go, you know, do all this stuff in my own strength. That like, that's not what we're talking about. Right. It's not at all. Because those things end up being us, unfortunately making a name for ourselves. True. Yeah. Right. Not God. And it's interesting as we walk through Acts, we'll see that people, this, this power is so obvious that certain people try to buy it right? because they want it for their own good and their own aims, right? But it's true. It's this inside out transformation where we actually are indwelled by God in our real life and we become more and more like Jesus. And, and you mentioned it too, Jay, that it's these small things. Right. It's not the grand, huge thing that really is making the difference. It's the small everyday mundane things that we do as we abide in Christ and his spirit is in us that brings about this, this transformation with, within us. But then I think really, really importantly within our spheres, within mm-hmm. our community and our workplaces and in our neighborhoods, this power that God brings within us is manifest there. Like the whole environment that we are in is different because yeah. of the spirit. And that, that happens as we live life. It doesn't happen usually in a moment. It's it's a life that's lived out consistently with Christ. Yeah, you grow, you're transformed from one degree of glory to another. And you you end up, I mean, like, for example, when Lauren and I moved to Colorado to plant, you know, church. And we intentionally did it without... Um, we didn't raise a bunch of money to go do there. We, we, we thought we thought, what would it look like? Like how could we plant a church for the least amount of investment? Because we'd seen so many church plants. We've seen so many churches raise so much money to plant a church and then to see failure happen. And so we just moved to a neighborhood, just the two of us and said, okay, what would it look like to just move into a neighborhood, get a job, share the gospel and see what happens. And, um, and people would look at that and say, that's, I mean, even people in our neighborhood are like, that's nuts. You know, that, well, that didn't just come up out of the blue. Like it was years of, of God, um, sanctifying me, uh, me failing in obedience, me trying to obey, um, learning, um, obeying him little by little of sharing the gospel with people and seeing that happen and, and trying to love people in the church. And then, um, him moving us out to California where we had nothing, you know, and we had to figure out on the fly, like how to support ourselves and, and how to just trust God that he's going to come through and seeing God come through time after time. And, and, you know, little acts of obedience and faithfulness of Lauren saying, okay, I'm going to go try to find a job and I'm going to go show up at these places. And, and then God giving her a job and, and seeing that happen over and over and over again, like they build on each other to the point where we do this, this thing that to somebody on the outside looks at like crazy. But, but by that point, it's the, it actually is the most rational thing we can think of to do. You it know? becomes the normal thing. 
it becomes a normal thing. You have a story like that, leaving your job. Like people could look at that and say like, oh my goodness, what an incredible act of faith. Well, yes, but also God had little by little built you in this way and built up your faith in such a way that it was actually the most rational thing you could, you couldn't imagine. I couldn't have done anything else. Right. In the end, I, I really couldn't have. And I, that's such a good example, Jay, of what, what the spirit does. That he is taking, uh, he's not, again, put, putting polish on a life that we are already living and, right. and just kind of making it look and shine differently. It's actually becoming so different that the decisions that we make that feel very normal and kind of like, oh, of course I'm doing this, they are radically different. Right. And they are shockingly different to the world. And, and God does that in his own unique way, in his own unique goodness for each one of us differently. And I think that's one of the challenges with talking about this sometimes is that we don't all have the same experience of the spirit working in us No, because he's personal. He's doing a unique work in each one of us, right? both individually, but then he's doing a unique work in our church, for example, compared Mm -hmm. to another church. Like he works with the people that he made very intentionally the way he made them Mm -hmm. to bring this all about. And I, I think that's part of why it's challenging. If you could just say, if you do this thing, right, then this thing will happen as a result. Right. It would be very easy to comprehend this, but it doesn't work that way. You cannot predict how the spirit will work. You can't say, well, if you just spend 15 minutes a day doing this, then you will see this kind of power in this way in your life. It's, yeah, it's not, not like it's that. It's not an exercise program or no. a diet. It's, but there, and yet at the same time, there is a predictability to it in that he will work. Like if you act in faith and trust him, and I hope that what that does is give some encouragement to people that wherever you are, you can, you can start where you are. It's about, it's about being faithful today. We say this all the time, but it's the small things right now. And so for example, um, if somebody hears that and says like, man, I want to be radical, I want my time used to be radical. And so you could say, well, man, I hear these stories of people who quit their job and do all this stuff. And you think, I, I, that's, I don't know that I'm, I'm there. Well, you may not be there yet. But the question could be, like, it could start as small as saying, okay, for the next 30 minutes, what's the most radical thing that, like, that I could think of that I could do with these next 30 minutes, you know? Or, um, uh, like, you, you come into a, some a little bit of money and you just think like okay but with this what do i what do i do with this how how could i um trust the holy spirit with this and do something with this and then little by little you kind of you you kind of grow in that and if you do that in faith then he responds and i mean that's one of the processes that i think about so if we if you get the idea and understand okay he works inside out small things become big things um an inside out meaning like it's heart transformation, not not like just behavior modification. And it's the, the our behavior changes because of the transformation that's happening in our heart. But we also know that acting in faith is part of that heart transformation. So um, so there are works there involved in that whole equation. Um, but also the small becomes big and trusting that the small act of faith, the person who says, I have 30 minutes, I have this lunch break. And I see this opportunity to minister to somebody and I do it and I, 
I act in faithful obedience and go and minister to somebody with that 30 minutes, that in the kingdom, that's a really big thing. And in that moment, if the Holy Spirit is asking you to do that, that act of faith is every bit as beautiful as the person who sells everything and moves to Africa. Now, if you start getting to a place where you just, you're able to do that in your own strength because you're like, oh, this is, well, then that's different. That's not faith. That's not acting in faithful obedience. But that, that act in faithful obedience is really that beautiful. And so um, that's the thing when you're talking about, okay, well, then how do you pursue that? And, and for me, and I'd be curious to know, like, how, how, how have you pursued that in your life? But like, for me, it starts with ab- abiding in Christ, like being in the word, being immersed, like being mindful of the presence of God, abiding in Christ and listening then. So then I, I am abiding and then I, I listen to the Holy Spirit. And I, sometimes I, I don't know if it's the Holy Spirit or not. Like I, I, I'm, I'm, but I'm listening. I want to hear. Um, and then when I do believe like I'm being called to do something, some act of obedience, which sometimes it could look big and sometimes it looks very small, um, then I do it. So I, I, I abide, I listen, I respond in, in faithful obedience. Um, and then I process. So if I believe I'm sitting there listening, I'm sitting in a coffee shop and I believe like God is calling me, um, to, to go and talk to a person. Um, I do it. I respond in obedience. And then afterwards I, I process that with the Holy spirit and say, was that what I was supposed to do? Like, <laughs> are you going to use that? Are you going to like, what, what's going to come out of that? Um, and I try to discern a little bit better and, and kind of hone in and sharpen my ears to hearing and the sensitivity to hearing his voice. Yeah. You're, I love that you're describing a life and not a, not an event. It's a whole life that you're living and it's a posture of trust. So you're trusting that he's speaking, you're trusting that he's leading and empowering, and then you're trusting that, okay, Lord, I'm going to process what just happened with you, and and you're going to keep speaking, you're going to keep leading. It makes me think of um, in John 15 where Jesus says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. And you're describing having this word, his word coming into you, right? And he's moving in you as you hear his word and you are in prayer with him and he leads and it is, it really is a life. And I think getting it out of getting this being filled with the spirit out of compartments, whether it's the compartment of this happens Sunday morning when I'm in worship and that's where it happens. Like it does happen there, but that's Mm -hmm. not only, or it happens when I have my Bible open for 15 minutes in the morning and then the Bible's closed and the rest of the day, I'm just kind of doing my own thing. It's, it's seeing life as every moment of it is lived in his presence and every moment of it, he's in us and directing our mind and our thoughts and being attuned to what he's doing. So for me throughout my day, I actually really love your process. And I think I do something similar. I know something that has helped me is to try to throughout my day, whether it's through an alarm or just a reminder to set my thought on him, to put my, Mm -hmm. put my mind on things that are above instead of the things that are just all around me that really helps me be more aware of how he's leading me. And, and I know that, you know, we talk about hearing from him and we do hear from him. For me, I almost always hear from him through his word. When I am most confident that it is his voice, it is something related to something I have just read in his word. And 
I can't describe exactly what that feels like for me, but I know it. Right. He has said it. But when I when it's not coming directly from his word is when I really have relied heavily on other Christ followers around me to bounce this idea off of. So in addition to processing with God, I will process right. with others yes. who I know are indwelled by the Spirit, and they can weigh, does that sound like that originates in God's Spirit, or does that originate somewhere else? And sometimes we're doing a bit of improv, right? We don't always know 100% of the time. And God's okay with that. Like that's part of the trust exercise is right. I'm going to trust you and I'm going to step into this. Yeah. And yeah. And that importance of that being a rhythm and a general, I, I love how you're talking about just setting my mind and being aware and setting my mind on things above and being mindful of that. I think what a lot of us do is um, we function with God as kind of like, okay, I'm living my life. And if he wants something from me, he knows where to find me. I'm, I'm happy to happy to do whatever, but you know, I'm just gonna, I'll be in the meantime, I'll be over here just kind of doing my own thing. And I think about any other relationship that's important. And would we ever do that? Like if I, if I said, you know, yeah, whenever Lauren asks me to do something, I, you know, I do it. That's not the same thing as paying attention to her and being mindful of like, maybe she's not feeling well, or she's having a hard day and, and being attuned to, you know, this, the state of the house and, you know, what's going on with the kids and all these different things. Like when I'm aware of all of that, then I'm in a much different posture and position to, to serve. Like you think of about, I mean, imagine a teacher that says like, well, if a kid was having trouble understanding, they'd let me know. Like, well, you, you know, you're mindful of that. You're watching their facial expressions and, you know, their frustration, or if they seem like they have it or not, like that's what being a good teacher is. And, um, and so I just think so much of it is, um, and, and, and it's common. It's such a common thing where people don't ever commune with the Holy Spirit. And then when something big comes up, they, they wonder why they can't hear from God. And I'm like, well, you, you haven't practiced. Like you don't, you know, if you never talk to your spouse and then all of a sudden, su- sudden some big decision comes up and now you start to try to have conversations and in the midst of that, you're trying to learn, well, what does she mean when she says this? And you know, like, you know, that's, that's impossible. You, um, there is a, there's a beauty, um, uh, to, to that daily kind of like every minute, like moment by moment realization that I exist for God and the beauty of that he's very present and, and how purposeful that makes every moment. And it's not. And and so then you have to come all the way back to, at least I do reminding myself of what Jesus said, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest for your souls. Um, he talks about his yoke being easy and the burden light because otherwise you can, we can hear that in our culture and think like of a big burden you're like, okay, so now you're saying like every, everything I do, like has this eternal consequence, like, Nothing's oh my goodness, like limits, right? Like, and it's just, <laughs> uh, okay. I, so I got to figure out like every, like what I eat for breakfast and everything. Like now I've just added all the stress. If that's the case, that's not what Jesus is talking about, right? Like it's actually what you find is listening to the Holy spirit and getting in that practice and being aware of his presence is actually the, is in many ways, the easiest way to live. And by easiest, I don't mean everything works out perfectly, but the most joyful and, um, as we're being formed into this new creation, um, it's actually the natural thing for that new creation, right? Like, so it, it becomes 
the the most joyful and and the most natural thing for the spirit in us to do. It's the same. It's the it's not direction. natural for our flesh, right? Like, no. but, sorry, go ahead. Very unnatural. You right. just made me think of like it's going with the grain of what the spirit is doing, yes. or with the stream, yes, um, with what the spirit is doing. And so, while radical and while all encompassing, it really is. It it ends up being the life giving thing because it's what we were made for. Right. You triggered a thought. I just want to highlight. This might be way too obvious, but you were just talking about home stuff for a minute, and I think. I know for me, I have needed this reminder that being filled with the spirit, walking with the spirit in his power is really important inside the walls of our own homes. I think sometimes there's a danger that we think when I leave my home, then I'm on mission. Then I'm, I'm in the world and I need to be on, I'm a witness for Christ. And then we miss the really important things God is doing right inside the walls of our own homes. Right. And how we need to rely on his spirit as parents, as spouses, as roommates, right there. Because those people in our life need the love of Christ just as much as those outside the walls of our home. And I, yeah, that might be too obvious, but I know that I have missed that one in my life. That I have paid way more attention mm-hmm. to the outside than I have the inside sometimes when it comes to, I need your power right now, God. I need right. your help right now. Yeah, I think for people in vocational ministry, especially, that can be a real challenge. Um, but again, the beauty of that is that that means you're able to see the power of God everywhere. Like, so the opposite of it being a burden, it's like opening gifts everywhere. So I don't have to be necessarily, you know, at church or doing some big ministry activity to see the power of the Holy Spirit on display. Like, that can happen as I'm like comforting my child after a a nightmare or I'm even disciplining uh, my kid or um, fixing dinner for my family or whatever it is there, um, there is a real, um, I mean, the the presence of the Holy spirit is with us always. And um, that's just really powerful. And so I want to encourage people in that, that, you know, hopefully it's helpful, but that, that idea of abiding and, and then listening and responding and then processing just, you know, for the, for the record, when I, when I said that, like, I'm not just making that out of thin air. I mean, that's what happens when Jesus sends out the 72. And so we've talked about how the Holy spirit functions in that way. Well, Jesus sends out the 72. He tell they've been walking with him in Luke 10. Um, and then he sends them out. He gives them instructions. They listen to him. They go, they do what has been asked of them. There were great stories and hard stories. Like they, it didn't always, it wasn't always successful, but they came back and they processed with Jesus and Jesus shaped their understanding and helped them understand better. Um, and, and, you know, and there he's like, you know, he saw all those things. It's another example of you saw all these miraculous things happen, but that's nothing compared to the fact that you're in the book of life. Like that's nothing compared to the fact that you belong, that you're going to belong to God through me. Um, and so that kind of calls back to what we were talking about earlier that, that though we believe these miraculous things happen, that it there are indicators of something even better and bigger and more beautiful. And so today, like as Jesus leaves the, you know, sends the helper, the helper is with us. And so we are in that same, we are, we are living out the sending of the 72 virtually every day. Like we're sent, we're sent out. And we've been given, you know, in, instructions and we go and we live our life to glorify God and we listen and we abide and we listen and then we respond in faithful obedience. And 
sometimes really incredible things happen. Sometimes hard things happen. And sometimes like what seems like nothing happens. Um, but then we come back and we process, you know, the, the day and process the, these different moments with the Holy Spirit and, and listen and let him shape us more from one degree of glory um, to another. And that's the process. That's the journey. We want to do that together. That's our, our hope is to be in community to do this because that's what we're commanded to do and we need to do because we are the body of Christ together. Um, and so uh, we want to help you in any way that we can. And so if you have questions or thoughts or um, or if you need if you need prayer or if you need to be connected, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, I don't have that kind of community that I can process this stuff with, we want to help you find that. Um, anything that we anything that we can do to help you on this journey that's what we're called to do so uh thank you jeff for jumping in thank you jay today hopefully this has been helpful to you if you have any questions or anything you can reach out to us at connect at faithpestigo.com until next time grace and peace Bye.